that really in the Bible? You live in a world where everyone has an opinion about the Bible. Of what values are your beliefs if they are not clearly found in the pages of your Bible? The question we must ask is, are your opinions and beliefs really found in the Bible? Well, hello, I'm David Freeman Webb. Is that really in the Bible? I want to ask you a question today. Have you ever heard Jesus Christ's gospel that he brought 2,000 years ago? Now, when people you know, think of the gospel, they sort of think, uh, well, okay, the gospel is uh, the Jesus, the babe in the manger. They think of the sort of thing that's a Christmas story, probably. They think of Christ having been born. They think of Christ dying for our sins. They think of the grace of Jesus Christ, and they think of forgiveness. And, you know, all of that is part of the gospel. But in a way, man has made all of these things, you know, the gospel. In other words, man looks at the Bible and says, okay, this is the gospel, that, 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 that. And you hear preachers talk about the gospel truth. But my question today is, have you ever heard Jesus Christ's gospel, the gospel message that he brought? Has anyone told you that story yet? In other words, he didn't just come talking about himself. He came preaching a specific gospel. And have you ever heard Jesus Christ's gospel? Now, I mentioned that he didn't just come talking about himself. In John 5 and verse 31, it says, If I bear witness of myself, my witness is not true. So I'm saying that he didn't just come telling a story about himself. So, so what was Jesus Christ's gospel about? Well, let's take a look at it from your Bible. Matthew 9 and verse 35. Matthew 9 and verse 35. And Jesus went about in all the city and villages, teaching in their synagogue and preaching the gospel of the kingdom and healing every sickness and every disease among the people. The gospel of the kingdom, that is the kingdom of God. That was Jesus Christ's gospel. That was the message that he brought. He brought a message saying that the kingdom of God is going to come to this earth and rule all nations, all people, and his law would be established on this earth it was a gospel about the kingdom of God. Now, and again, Jesus came with a specific gospel. That little phrase, you know, kingdom of God is found some 70 times in the New Testament alone. And Jesus had a lot to say about the gospel of the kingdom of God. Now, there's a lot of convoluted ideas in the world of religion about what that kingdom is. Some people say, well, the kingdom is the kingdom of God. It's within you. Uh, some people say, well, the kingdom of God is already here. Imagine that. How could you watch the or, or read the FBI crime clock and conclude that the kingdom of God is already here? You know, there's a thing called a brain, and I think we're expected to use it every now and then. But I, I don't know how anybody could conclude in their wildest fantasy and dream that the kingdom of God is already here right now. Some people spiritualize that kingdom away. You know, they don't think it's a literal kingdom. I do. I believe that Jesus Christ is going to return and set up a literal kingdom of God on this earth. 
And so some people think, well, the kingdom of God is just Christ having been born and dying for our sins and the grace of Jesus Christ and forgiveness, that that's the kingdom. Now, let's take a look at what Jesus said here in Acts 1 and verse 6. It says, when they therefore will come together, they ask him. Now, this was after, let's see, now this was after Christ had been resurrected. He appeared into his disciples again on several occasions. But they asked him, they said, saying, Lord, will you at this time restore again the kingdom to Israel? Now, these men had no, they were not disillusioned. They, they had no misunderstanding about what that kingdom was. I mean, they, they didn't go around thinking, well, maybe the kingdom of God is within you. And, and maybe it's already here. And, uh, uh, or maybe the kingdom of God is a story about Jesus. No, no. These disciples were would-be revolutionaries. They were ready for, that, for Christ to overthrow the Roman government and set up his government, the kingdom of God, Christ as King of kings and Lord of lords, to set up that government right then and there. That's what they wanted. They were ready for action. They were would-be revolutionaries. They, they didn't know, and neither did Jesus tell them, that they would have to die. They would live out their life, die, and it would be some 2,000 years before Christ returned his second coming to this earth. And they, he didn't tell them that, and it's probably a good thing, because they were ready for action right then and there. Now, there's four things that a kingdom consists, consists of. First of all, you've got to have a king. Well, who's the king? Hey, it's Jesus Christ, the king of kings and lord of lords. That's the first thing you've got to have to have a kingdom. The second thing you've got to have to have a kingdom is territory, a place to rule, and that's planet Earth. The third thing you've got to have is, are subjects, and that's people to rule over. Plenty of them on Earth. And the fourth thing you got to have is laws to establish that kingdom, that government of God on this earth. The laws, well, they're the Ten Commandments. So these four things is what you got to have to have a kingdom. You got to have a king, you got to have territory, you got to have subjects, and you got to have laws. Notice what, John say, uh, what Jesus said in John 18 and verse 36. Now this was before uh, when he was uh, tried, before his crucifixion, he was being tried by Pilate. And, and Jesus, Pilate asked him about, are you a king? And, and Jesus answered and said this. He said, my kingdom is not of this world. If my kingdom were of this world, then would my servants fight that I should not be delivered into the Jews. But now is not my, my kingdom not from hence. In other words, what Jesus is saying is now is not the time. Now is not the time for me to be king of kings. Now is not the time to take over the territory right here, planet Earth. Now is not the time for me to rule over all the subjects on the Earth, people. And now is not really the time for my law to be established in the way that I want it to be established on Earth. Now is not the time. My kingdom is not of this world. In other words, Jesus' kingdom is a kingdom that is coming to this Earth at His return. Okay? At his return, you're going to have Christ as king, territory, planet Earth, subjects, all human beings, and the law of God established in a mighty, powerful way. So Jesus said, well, look, my kingdom is not of this world. You know, not right now. Jesus' kingdom that is coming to this earth has really nothing to do with our world's educational system. I mean, how could you conclude? I mean, our educational system has nothing to do with God's kingdom. 
God's, Jesus' kingdom that is coming to this earth has nothing to do with our form of government. You know, our government. I mean, do you actually believe that our leaders, are, especially the higher-ups in authority, that they have the Spirit of God, that they are led by the Spirit of God? Do you believe that? I don't. So Christ's kingdom that is coming to this earth really has nothing to do with this world's government. It has nothing to do with this world's entertainment. And in a way, it has nothing to do with this world's religion either. And I know that's a shocker, but you, know, you look at all the stuff that's preached out there, all of the nonsense, the prosperity teaching, the anti-law teaching, the law has been abolished or done away with or whatever. You know, it, really, his kingdom is a whole different ball of wax when you think about it that is coming to this earth. When Christ's kingdom comes to this earth, God's law is going to be established for all people. And God will expect obedience to his law. So the kingdom of God is not some revamped effort to solve man's woes through politics. Okay? The kingdom of God is not some revamped effort to uh, solve man's woes through a religious theocracy. At least not now. That theocracy is coming when Christ returns. But it's not now. You know. Not now, you know, Hitler, I guess Hitler tried to establish some type of theocracy and rule over the whole earth, but it didn't work for him and because it, it would never work with human beings. Something has to change inside of a human being before this will work. So in order for the kingdom of, of, of God to work, man has to be born of God. Now, what does that mean, born of God? Well, as children of God, born again, some people would say. Jesus put it this way, except you are born again, you cannot enter the kingdom of God. So in order for this kingdom to work, man has to be born again. Well, what does that mean? Well, let's consider what it means. 1 John 3 and verse 9. It says, whosoever is born of God, hmm, there it is, born of God, does not commit sin, for his seed remains in him, and he cannot sin because he is born of God. So in order for this kingdom of God to work, and for you, you to be a part of it, you have to be born of God. You have to be given a sinless nature. And that's going to occur at the resurrection, by the way, which makes true leadership possible. What makes true leadership possible? Only one thing, a sinless nature. And you don't have that right now. No one does. This is what it means to be born of God, or some people refer to it as born again. And this is going to occur at the resurrection, this sinless nature where it says, whosoever is born of God does not commit sin. The reason it's possible to sin right now is because you haven't been born of God yet. But when this time comes, it will be impossible for you to commit sin. So this is what makes true leadership possible, and that is to have a sinless nature like Christ. What makes Christ King of King and Lord of Lords is that he has this sinless nature. And that's our destiny when we are born of God. You know, those who cannot govern themselves cannot govern others. And right now we're not in a position to govern others. Why? Well, because we have this sin nature. The reason man's government hasn't worked is because it is flawed by sin. Listen to this offer and I'll be right back. 
Many professing Christians sincerely believe they have been born again, but do not understand the real meaning of the new birth. The truth about being born again is not only surprising, it is startling. The most awesome revelation of your Bible. The new birth described in the Bible is far more than most professing Christians have assumed. When Jesus spoke of being born again, he did not mean what most people think. No subject is more important to your life. Unless you become born again, you cannot enter the kingdom of God. Find out what it really means to be born again. Order your free copy of You Must Be Born Again. Order by writing to Church of God Rocky Mount, 27 Brookledge Lane, Rocky Mount, Virginia, 24151. That's Church of God Rocky Mount, 27 Brookledge Lane, Rocky Mount, Virginia, 24151. Also, visit us on the web at isthatreallyinthebible.org. Now, what does it mean to be born of God? Let us consider this in John 3 and verse 3. Jesus said, except a man be born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. So in order for me to be a part of that kingdom, I have to be born again, as Jesus said right here, or, you know, yeah, born again. All right, or born of God, I should say. Okay, now the analogy would be this. Let's talk about how you got here. All right, how you got here is your mother and father came together in love and a male sperm cell united with a female ovum and a new life started to develop inside of your mother. And, over, and after nine months, you were born into the world. That's how you got here. I didn't really have to tell you that, did I? But that's how you got. Now, that's the first birth, okay? That's your first birth. Now, the second birth is similar but different. It's when God's spirit unites with your spirit. There is a spirit in man, by the way. But when your spirit, when God's spirit unites with your spirit, a new creature in Christ, it's a point of, it's what I call spiritual impregnation. A new creature in Christ starts to develop. And of course, your whole lifetime, you nurture that new creature in Christ, just like the mother when she's carrying that babe, will take care of it. She watches what she eats. She watches you know, her diet and not smoking, not drinking, and exercise, because she's, this thing inside of her is precious. Well, with the spiritual impregnation, you, know, you have your whole life to nurture this and develop the character that God wants in this new creature in Christ. And this is only possible, possible by receiving the Holy Spirit of God and that is what it means to be impregnated with the Holy Spirit, to receive God's Spirit. But at the resurrection, this new creature in Christ will be born again or born of God. It's what you call the second birth. So the first birth is how you got here. The second birth is how you enter into the kingdom of God. Okay. Now why is this second birth so important? Uh, when does it occur? Well, it occurs at the, at the resurrection, at the return of Jesus Christ. Why is it so important? Because at that time, you will have a sinless nature, which makes the way for the, which makes the way possible for the kingdom of God to be established. 
you know, as long as you have a, sin, a sinful nature, no government of God could be established on this earth. Now, what I'm insinuating absolutely is that you're going to have a part in this kingdom. It's not going to be just all left up to Christ to do it. You can have a part in this kingdom. But it takes being born again or born into the family of God. That's what it takes. And that's a process. Now, let's take a look at this verse here. Now, this is an amazing verse about the gospel, Jesus Christ's gospel, what it's all about. Daniel 7, he came preaching the, the gospel of the kingdom of God. Daniel 7 and verse 27 says this, And the kingdom and dominion and the greatness of the kingdom under the whole heaven shall be given to the people of the saints of the Most High, whose kingdom is an everlasting kingdom, and all dominion shall serve and obey him. Notice this. This says, This kingdom shall be given to the saints of the Most High. If that's not enough to blow your mind, I don't know what is. I mean, it's talking about your position in that kingdom, position of leadership, absolutely. You know, you were born to teach. I don't know if you know that or not. You were born to teach. You were born to be a leader in the future, in that future coming kingdom of God, the government of God that's going to be established on this earth at Christ's return. This is the gospel that Jesus brought. It was a gospel. He came preaching the gospel of the kingdom of God. Man, it's exciting. I'll tell you it is. It sure beats heavenly retirement. I can guarantee you that. Okay, but in order to do this, you, you have to be given a sinless nature. And that's sinless nature. In other words, impossible to sin. And that's something that's going to occur when we are born again or born of God. In order to be given this sinless nature, you have to know what sin is in this life, okay? Yeah, in this life. Now, let me ask you a question. Do you know what sin is? Do you know the biblical definition of sin? You know, most religious people don't know the definition of sin. Let me tell you, to, tell, tell you what it is. It's 1 John 3 for. Three for <laughs> it's First John three four. Sin is the transgression of God's law. That's what sin is. It's a breaking of the Ten Commandments. The law of God defines what sin is. And we have to be an overcomer. We have to overcome our sins. We have to overcome our addictions and our perversions and whatever. The rebellious nature toward God's law. We have to overcome that and be winners at life. Which is only possible through, by, receiving the Holy Spirit of God. Being impregnated by the Holy Spirit of God. When God's Spirit unites the spirit in man. In other words, you see, you, you're not born with the spirit of, God, spirit of God. You do know that, don't you? That you're not born with God's Holy Spirit. There is a way to receive the Holy Spirit of God. A lot of people just run around thinking, oh yeah, I got the Holy Spirit. I was born with it. No, you're not. No, no, you are incomplete. In and of yourself, you are incomplete. God created you to need the Holy Spirit to desire something more, but that's something more. The Holy Spirit of God, it, it is a process for receiving that Spirit. There is a way you go about it. Unconditional surrender is one. Repentance is another. Accepting Christ as your personal Savior. Baptism, 
the laying on of hands, receiving the Holy Spirit of God. This is all a process for receiving the Spirit of God. Okay, let's read this next verse, Daniel 7 and verse 18. But the saints of the Most High shall take the kingdom and possess the kingdom forever, even forever and ever. Notice this, the saints of the Most High shall take the kingdom and, and possess the kingdom. That, that is your destiny to rule and reign with Christ at his return. Now, my question is this. Have you ever heard Jesus Christ's gospel? Let's read it again. Matthew 9 and verse 35. And Jesus went about all the city and villages, teaching in their synagogues and preaching the gospel of the kingdom. It was a specific gospel about the soon coming kingdom, kingdom of God that you can be a part of. You know, listen to me. God right now is in the process of training future leaders. Well, how do you train future leaders? Well, it's a process of developing godly character and what is character? It was the ability to look at something that's right and something that's wrong and choose to do the right thing. That's what godly character is. It's knowing what God's will is. It's knowing what his law says. It's knowing what's, what defines sin. Sin is the breaking of God's law, 1 John 3, 4. Yeah, God is in the process of training future leaders. Now, get the, God is, listen, God is calling out his cabinet members right now to rule and reign with him at his return. Just like a president will select his cabinet members that he surrounds himself with, God is doing the same thing. Jesus Christ has been calling out for the last 2,000 years, since, since the day of Pentecost, he's been calling out his cabinet members that he's going to surround himself with at his return. Listen, you know, I don't know. If you've got a lazy man's theology of Christian retirement, I don't know if there's any hope for you or not. But if you're excited about what's coming down the pike, that is the return of Jesus Christ, that will probably occur in your lifetime, man, you need to get with the plan. You need to hear the gospel that Jesus Christ brought to this earth. When he walked this earth, he came preaching the gospel of the kingdom of God that is coming to this earth. Well, let's take a look at Isaiah 66 and verse 8. Isaiah 66 and verse 8. It says, who has heard such a thing? Who has seen such a thing? Shall the earth be made to bring forth in one day, or shall a nation be born at, born at once? For as soon as Zion traveled, she brought forth her children. Now, I love this scripture. Shall a nation be born at once? It's talking about a nation of God's children born at once at the resurrection with a sinless nature. Yeah, I mean, this, this is incredible scripture here. You must be born again. A lot of people misunderstand that. You know, they think, they, they refer to being born again as a conversion experience, and I guess you could call it that, but it means so much more than that. It's talking about a literal birth into a spirit world that God belongs to. 
you being born into that spirit world that God belongs to. You becoming a child of God, children of God, being born again. There are two births. First birth is how you got here. We're all familiar with that. Second birth is being born into the family of God as children of God. You know, when God, the member of the God family that we know is Christ Jesus, when he knelt down at the very beginning and began to mold a clay sculpture that looked like a man and bent down and breathed into its nostrils the breath of life and said, Adam, stand up. When God did that, his purpose for doing that, he had started the process right then and there of increasing his family by billions. Let me say that again. His intent was at that moment to increase his family, the God family, by billions. Your destiny is to be born into the family of God as a child of God. How much does the Bible say about children of God? It's a little bit more to it than you know, being a child of God. I mean, yes, you're a child of God right now, but I'm talking about the literal transition into that child of God. <clears throat> Not talking about being equal of God, but as a child of God. You share the same name, in other words. A nation of born-again children of God with a sinless nature, just like God. That will be what qualifies you to rule in God's kingdom. It really will. And speaking of ruling, let's conclude with this verse, Revelation 2 and verse 26. And he that overcometh and keeps my works unto the end, to him will I give power over the nation. Notice this, you, God expects you to be an overcomer to overcome your sins. But to him will I give power over the nations and he shall rule them with a rod of iron. What wrong would you like to make right in this sin sick society? If you had the power right now to do it, what would you like to correct? What would you like to make right? What makes you sick to the heart? I get sick to the heart when I go into a post office and I say, you're missing children, have you seen these children? I hate that. I'd like to make it right. He that overcometh and keeps my word, to him will I give power over the nation, and he shall rule them with a rod of iron. Now listen, you've just heard Jesus Christ's gospel. And it's a shame, it's a shame that you don't hear more about it in all the churches that dot our land. That is the gospel that Jesus brought the gospel of the soon coming kingdom of God. And you've just heard Jesus Christ's gospel. And that's what's really in your Bible. If you would like a free DVD recording of this program that you can share with friends and loved ones, write to Church of God Rocky Mount. 27 Brookledge Lane, Rocky Mount, Virginia, 24151. That's Church of God Rocky Mount, 27 Brookledge Lane, Rocky Mount, Virginia, 24151. 
and be sure to mention the title of this program.